Hello, and welcome back to A Course in Miracles for Regular People. I'm Robin Smith, and this is Episode 3. After I published Episode 2, I received some listener feedback that indicated to me that I wasn't as clear as I'd hoped to be with the material I had gone over. So today, I'd like to try a little bit different approach that may offer more clarity for you. We'll get into it right after this word for our sponsor. And we're back. You know, I really appreciated the feedback that I received after the last episode because my purpose in doing this podcast is to help us all find more peace and enlightenment in this life. So if I'm not being clear, I need to know. So I'm going to start again by laying some basic groundwork. In order to be able to begin to understand A Course of Miracles, we need to be open to the idea that this physical reality that we see and we live every day and the separation between us, the, the space between us that we think makes us individuals may not be as real as we think it is. We have to be open to the idea that there is another realm where it is the realm of the spirit. And in the realm of the spirit, we are all connected. The difference between the soul and the spirit, the way that I understand it, is that spirit is what we are. It is the essence of our being. It is our being. Our spirits are energy, just like the spirit of God is energy. Spirit has thoughts. Spirit has ideas. Spirit experiences emotions. Then there's the physical side where the soul resides. The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions on the conscious level. The spirit is more of the superconscious level. I was going to say unconscious, but it's not unconscious. It's superconscious. Our physical existence is too small to fully experience what the spirit realm is. So our soul is like the mediator between the spirit and the physical. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions experienced in the physical realm. Without the soul, the body could not comprehend. Without the spirit, the body has no life. So the spirit is in the body. Like when God created Adam, he created his body. He, the Bible says he took some of the dust of the ground and he took some water from the sea and created Adam's body, molded it and, and shaped it and created it, but there was no life in it. So God breathed into Adam's body the breath of life. And that word breath, the original word that was used, is the same word that means spirit. God gave Adam some of God's own spirit, and Adam became alive. So when the spirit entered the body, that created the soul, that bridge between spirit and body. So the soul is like a translator between the spirit and the body. We need that translator 
because the spirit doesn't actually communicate with words. The spirit communicates with ideas and vibrations. And the mind translates the ideas. The emotions translate the vibrations. Now, understanding the difference between the spirit and the soul, then we can begin to understand how our physical being interprets the physical realm in light of what it understands from the spiritual realm. So if the conscious mind does not believe in the spirit realm or does not understand the spirit realm, then that interpretation can be skewed. The spirit realm is the realm of love. In the spirit, there is only love. The physical realm, when you don't acknowledge or understand the spiritual realm, then there are blockages that keep us from perceiving and realizing the love that God has for us and that we have for God and that we have for each other. Another key to being able to grasp what is being taught in this work is to open your mind and broaden your idea of what qualifies as a miracle. Yeah, a miracle is opening blind eyes or deaf ears or raising someone from the dead or feeding 5,000 people with one small lunch. All the things that Jesus did that showed that he was the Messiah were miracles. But a miracle can also be the opening of the mind to accept the possibility of something that was previously thought impossible. Now, when you start reading this work, you don't at first have to agree with what is being taught. Just don't resist. Accept the possibility that it might be true. So with all of these ideas in mind, let's get started again with the introduction. So the introduction says, this is a course in miracles. It is a required course. Only the time you take it is voluntary. Free will does not mean that you can establish the curriculum. It means only that you can elect what you want to take at a given time. The course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. This course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. So now let's go over this again and, and break it down a little bit. It says, this is a course in miracles. I believe that it means that this existence, this life, is a course in miracles. It is a required course. Since you exist, you're here, you're going to learn it eventually. The only choice you have is when are you willing to open your mind to the possibility of recognizing it. There's an old proverb, I don't know whether it's Hindu or what, but it's an old proverb. It says, when the student is ready, 
the teacher will appear. It's not that the teacher wasn't there before. It's just that the student didn't recognize that there was something to learn. Free will doesn't mean you get to establish the curriculum. I think that this means you don't get to decide what is considered to be a miracle. Free will only means you get to choose when you are willing to open your mind to which idea. The course does not aim at the teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. The purpose of the course is to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. Because we have been created, we are supposed to be aware of infinite love. That's what it means. It's our natural inheritance. Fear is the opposite of love, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. If there is no opposite of love, then fear cannot really exist. It's like trying to talk about something that's beyond the universe. The universe has no end. There is nothing beyond it. Well, as far as we know, it doesn't end. It goes on and on and on and on forever. There is no opposite of the universe. There is no place that the universe doesn't exist. And in the same way, there is no opposite of love. So if it feels like there's something that is threatening you or frightening you, that can't be real. So the last line of it says, this course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Understanding that all there is is love. And you can perceive the things that are happening around you in this physical world. You can perceive them from a viewpoint of people or situations that are harmful to you, or you can perceive them as opportunities to love. And when you come to that place, then you can understand that love cannot be threatened. Love is the only thing that exists in reality, and nothing unreal exists. When Jesus was crucified and killed, he wasn't worried about it. He wasn't frightened. He knew what he was here to do, and he died this excruciatingly dramatically painful death in order to show us that it's not real. It doesn't matter if people are expressing hate or threatening violence or even doing violence. The only thing that is real is love. Jesus was not killed against his own will. He said, nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down. And I have the authority to pick it back up. Nobody could do anything to Jesus without his permission. Therefore, Jesus lived in peace with God. He knew. He he felt distressed sometimes in his spirit. I mean, in his heart where he, he was like, oh, can't you stay awake with me for one hour? 
It's not that he was afraid and he wanted them to pray for support, but this was a big thing he was going through. He was going to be separated from his father for a time. And he he wanted them to be praying with him as that support. This piece goes to show us that Jesus did experience life on the same level that we experience it. He just knew that that love was there. And that love was the reason why, while he was hanging on the cross and they were, they had tortured him and then he was hanging there and they were making fun of him and mocking him. He was able to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It was that love that gave him the peace to not be angry with the people who were torturing him and mocking him. That is the peace that passes all understanding. It's understanding and knowing that there is nothing outside of love. Well, okay, so that was my second go-round at breaking down and discussing the introduction to A Course in Miracles. I hope that it was more clear this time and that you received more benefit from it. Please go to anchor.fm or download the app, and you can leave me a voice message with comments or questions, or you can go to my Facebook page, A Course in Miracles for Regular People, and leave comments or questions there. I really appreciate feedback because I want to make sure that my purpose is being accomplished. I like positive feedback and I appreciate feedback that maybe is not quite as comfortable. But if it will improve the program, I need to hear it. So thank you for listening. Namaste. The divine within me recognizes the divine within you.